yeah, let's start off by just you giving us a little bit about what you do online and why you do it. And just keep it at that. Okay. Um, I am doing one-on-one sessions with people who are generally interested in looking for the realization of their true nature. Um, it's usually also people who are seeking liberation and awakening because they're experiencing some sort of a degree of suffering or stuckness, feeling of being stuck in life and not really sure, not knowing how to navigate that. Usually also people who have done like retreats, online courses and personal development scene or also a lot of spiritual practices with some meditation teachers or gurus. And they kind of feel tired from all of that. And then they, of course, <laughs> scroll on YouTube like we all do of our generation, right? We mm-hmm. are struggling with something. We are looking on the internet for answers. And then they come across my videos and they see me mm, at a young age and talking about self-realization in a very ordinary way, in a very, yeah, I would say realistic way and i'm not over complicating anything i'm not making awakening seem mystical or something special or something only reach for people who've done more than we one year meditation retreats or anything like that and they feel inspired and they're like oh wait if liberation is not that special thing that i'm looking for then what is it actually and yeah, we start talking about that and dismantle some of their, my clients, um, limiting beliefs, uh, what awakening is, who they truly are, uh, who they are not, um, how are their mind still playing tricks, <laughs> how they still believe in that and fall into those traps, um, how they're still resisting emotions and acting like they don't. <laughs> avoiding certain um, emotional states and repressing trauma in ways that they're not really aware of that that re- is repression and then they find some more answers on why it is that they're suffering um, can be very clarifying for some some people wake up others proceed seeking others experience a little bit of a decrease in the seeking energy because they kind of don't feel stuck anymore because they get something straight that before they didn't have. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, They get some mental clarity. So I talk about that. I also talk about detox, mucusless diet, healing system, pranic living, fasting, um, how to access greater energy with the raw food diet or just as a means to clean out the body um, when people are experiencing um, fatigue and um, uh, yeah other other diet related symptoms mm. Mm. yeah i do group meetings um i do one-on-one sessions but also group meetings almost twice a week or like six times a month so we, we we currently have a group of people who are coming together, doing self-inquiry, um, doing um, unraveling their emotional exp- uh, repression, 
uh, unraveling, exposing their limiting beliefs about themselves, about why they suffer, how they suffer, about what self-realization is. I talk, uh, I share also my personal experiences and updates, life updates in the group meetings. People seem to find it very helpful to talk to someone who doesn't really position themselves in sort of like guru distance position, like, oh, I know it all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you guys don't. Um, yeah, people appreciate that. And, and I love to connect with people. Um, yeah, I enjoy what I do. I started doing it without a plan or a strategy, actually. I was working as an integrative coach. Um, so I was already um, trained in, in helping people to dismantle their limiting beliefs and work with their emotions and integrate shadows. Um, but I uh, felt just so much joy in sharing about awakening on YouTube. Um, I remember <laughs> I started doing that a few months after liberation happened, <laughs> where I was actually... In a way, I was shy. I was like, yeah, I, I need to like integrate this for a few years before I can actually speak about it. And it's like maybe even going to come across narcissistic or something like that. I had all these thoughts, but you know what? My body just took over. It was like by that camera. I would actually literally explode if I wouldn't do that. So at some point, I would just bought the camera and started recording myself and put some YouTube videos out. Um, yeah, uh, apparently I couldn't hide anymore. <laughs> <laughs> As before that, I wouldn't post anything on YouTube because I always felt like uh, I was a fraud or someone who um, did, was like stuck in my own life. So who was I to yeah, inspire maybe. other people or share something, you know, yeah, if I'm struggling myself? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And after that, after that energetic shift had happened, which I refer to sometimes like liberation or awakening or self-realization, it doesn't really matter what word we put on it, but also avoid like kind of avoiding and denying that it happened because that's something I've also seen in this field is that people are kind of like, oh, I'm not going to say it happened because maybe people think that's like my ego saying it, but I'm just like... You were a seeker. Now you're not. Just say it. What's the What's the problem? Like, yeah. Yeah. let's let's normalize this. You know, let's normalize talking about these subjects without like um, repressing ourselves. Like, oh, is that my ego? Like, I never even think about what isn't. What's my ego? What not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the way to be. It's just it's shining the way. oneself in that way and trying to repress an event that did happen in one's life, whether you, whatever you want to label it as liberation, awakening, enlightenment, whatever, whatever label you want to put on it and shunning that away, that is the ego. You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah. it's, a, it's, it's a type of avoidance when, when you, when you try to say like, it didn't happen, that isn't it, like something happened, you know, I guess. I mean, yeah. someone would say nothing happened, but it's like, that's just another label. Like even saying nothing is something, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yes yeah. and no. It's both and, and yeah. At the same time, yeah, nothing happened. But at the same time, yes, yeah, something did happen because the seeking stopped. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, 
yeah so this is in general what i uh, what i do um, online and i basically i share whenever inspiration comes i feel like this urge like oh i need to share this and record a video now <laughs> or like tonight and then i just do it there is no strategy behind it or like uh, marketing things like that no it's just really in the flow in the moment yeah. i share and um yeah the people seem to find me <laughs> yeah very well so you being in that flow of sharing your joy sharing your liberated thoughts um it's like it brings you a sense of joy but then also in turn it seems to hopefully ideally bring others joy at the same time right Yes, sometimes it really helps people uh, release some contraction they had about topics like thoughts or that I've had so many people actually come to me and say like, oh, I've been like trying to meditate so long because I thought that's something that I needed to do in order to wake up. And then hearing you that you almost never meditated was so freeing mm -hmm. <laughs> because I hate, I hate that I had to force myself or like, Oh, I was trying constantly trying to control my thoughts and like not to think about something or um, be try to be present. And then hearing your video when you said that you're like completely stopped all those practices in 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 the months prior liberation happened. I was so freeing and yeah, a lot of those reactions I get from people. <laughs> That's great. That's fun. Yeah. yeah. Would you say you? Uh guide others to a sense of that effortless flow that you found like a, a sense of like less pressure in the process so kind of uh easing up in the process of this awakening yeah yeah although i don't feel like i guide people it's more that people um get inspired by me sharing how it happened here and how I look at things just by sharing my thoughts, sharing how I, how I feel, how I see things, how I view things inspires people. But I don't really feel that I'm really guiding because I, whenever I talk to my clients, like I don't see that there is something wrong with them. I don't see that. I don't see this. I don't see, I, of course I see seeking energy, but I don't see a self there, like a separate self there or like an ego or something that needs to like arrive somewhere else and to order to be complete. I don't see that. So, yeah, I know it's what just, you mean. yeah, because just the idea of guiding means like just like visualize it like you're it's it's kind of inferring that you're there's a location to go to. There is a certain guidance to a to a destination, but you kind of transcend that in a way is what you're saying like there is there is no destination there is no one trying to go anywhere so in turn there is no guidance yeah the only guidance the the the, the need for guidance is the avoidance of that we are already home i'm just like pointing to to that in various ways like i can be so creative with it like that's what makes it fun because sometimes people ask me like don't you get tired of constantly share talking and sharing the same things and no because every everyone that i have in front of me brings out some other creative ways and how to engage in the conversation mm. so yeah i don't get uh, tired or i feel that i'm repeating myself mm. yeah mm -hmm. that's cool 
would you say that is what we are liberating ourselves from? It's the um the idea that we're not already home. So it's our self-limiting beliefs and feeling that we need to be somewhere or do something or get something or be somebody else that we're not in order to feel a sense of comfort, you know, feel at home. Um, and that's what this liberation is about is like freeing ourselves. It's not gaining anything new, but it's like freeing yeah. ourselves from the self-limiting beliefs that were placed upon us maybe from childhood society who knows where it doesn't really even matter where but it's the it's the false ideals that we hold that get in the way of the realization the self-realization that we are this we're this is it we're, we're already home so yeah. is that liberation to you in a nutshell for sure yeah yeah you explained it very well it's like the realization that what is is already whole and already perfect mm. although might not arise as you experiencing it at per as perfect or what you need or what this is um yeah and the process there is a process of shedding those limiting beliefs shedding because those beliefs literally limit us they keep the contracted energy in the body like in place whereas it's like cannot become boundless again and by losing all those beliefs that we have uh, also about what awakening is um and also about our suffering um helps us to kind of yeah surrender i would say the word for it like to surrender to not to a someone or something or some situation but just like live as surrender where you're not in opposition to with what is what arises but you see that oh that's that's just you all there is is you or there is no you that's also a way to put it yeah um and that at some point the body can like relax in the seeking and um usually that's what diminishes the seeking energy that that kind of re relaxation that only comes after you have thought 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 and became tired and just ready to see that what you're looking for is already what this is what is is already what you're looking for yeah yeah hmm. it seems like and i'm going to be careful with my words here but it almost seems like we have to go through a sense of seeking in order to realize the seeking was futile you know <laughs> it's very it's yeah. oddly strange in that way but i don't and i'm just speaking from personal experience um you know not trying to put it on you or anybody else it's in my journey per se it was like that in my life as gary haskins there was a lot of seeking and trying to you know look at different teachings yeah. and have different practices, different meditation practices, uh, different psychedelics, different just ways to go about just finding something. Find, you know, just I had a lot of questions, so I wanted to find the answer somehow, some way. Yeah. Um, and then I guess, yeah, one can come to realize that that whole, that whole path of trying to find the answer on the outside um, 
it is futile it, it eventually it's like it's not it's like you only realize it's futile after you've gone through it so is it really futile you know <laughs> there's a weird irony in that there's a weird paradox yeah. in that <laughs> i don't know but it's like it needed to happen but in yeah. turn i can realize now well maybe it didn't i don't know I, i'm just kind of like just i'm just thinking out loud here you know what i'm saying though yeah I don't know what you mean. Yeah. 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 Seeking is necessary to find out that it's not necessary. Or I, I would say suffering because seeking for me equals suffering. Hmm, that's interesting. Because I never heard seeking, of it like that. Seeking. Yeah. Seeking is very unfulfilling because whenever there is like a destination point where you want to arrive, there's always a gap, a distance between where you are right now and where you want to go. And that makes like that that search can make what is seem or feel very unfulfilling mm -hmm. so the absence of fulfillment for me is suffering in, in in depends what degree one experiences is but for me it was always like this restless subtle layer of there's something wrong or something is missing i need to find that something something is unfulfilling that this can be it that kind of uh since I, I've always had since, since I think I was 16 or 18 years mm -hmm. old I also thought like everything around me is so superficial like including me <laughs> yeah. I need to figure this out what what is what what's going on yeah hmm do you feel as though um everybody in a certain sense is seeking even if we don't know we're seeking and I only ask that because if you refer to Buddhism, the first tenet is that life is suffering. So you equate suffering to seeking. Um, if we're all suffering, then in one way, in your equation, the, 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 it would come out to that we're all seeking in one way or the other, right? So would you say that we're all looking for that fulfillment, you know, a way to fill our cup in a way? We just have uh, misplaced priorities on and misplaced, uh, I guess, guidance on how to do so? Mm. Yeah, I think it's it's very, very ingrained in us, and we're also highly affected by the people around us with the energy of seeking, because the energy of seeking arises uh, from the experience of lack, the experience mm -hmm. that something is not right, something is not good enough, something needs to happen in order for this to be complete. And it's very, very seductive to fall into that trap of thinking. And for me, even even after liberation, I noticed some other tension arising. I wouldn't call it like seeking energy anymore, but it's, it had that kind of energy. And it had to do with me changing my diet because I experienced fatigue. And then I had some phases where I felt a lot of energy. And then I had phases where I kind of dribbled back to eating the old way and then I lost that kind of vibrancy and energy and then I started to notice how my body mind started to like seek that state of feeling a lot of energy and wanting to dance every evening and uh, going for runs and just experiencing this massive energy and then I started ex immediately I started to send, experience some sort of a inf like lack of fulfillment that's because my mind again went into the trap like oh we need to figure this diet thing out so we can like have energy every day. And so, and that happened like after, after awakening. So it's very, 
very um, seductive to fall into that trap of like uh, wanting to arrive somewhere. And of course, I see the valid the that is valid for me to want to have a healthy body and not experience fatigue because that that I would say that's not not natural. There's something ha- not going really right in your body if, if you experience fatigue. Um, so I see that I see the 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 value of that, but at the same time, I had to really realign myself back and back into seeing like, oh no, it's just the, the days where I don't have as much energy are as good as days where I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's the big difference is that you're aware enough to come to that, that um, the no attachment to if you do or you don't have this so-called energy. I think that's really, that is the liberation. It's that you have, there's no strings attached to how this, the bodily vessel feels. And that doesn't mean you're not going to take a different, um, you're not going to try and make it different. You're not going to take steps to, um, you know, create better energy. I think it's just be, it'd be unwise not to. But I think that the big difference um, that comes with a sense of liberation is that if it does or it doesn't happen, it's all the same and it's all good anyway. Yeah, it's it's kind yeah. of paradoxical in a way because how can you say it's all perfect, it's all home, we're all good, there's nothing you need to do, yet there there's still happenings here. Like there's still happenings of the body, the show must go on, right? But it's like less yeah. it's like less suffering from um it's like less self-created suffering in the ideas yeah. of how we live day to day. If something does or doesn't happen, it's still it's still good. It's still equal. I guess the, a better word yeah. would be uh, there's a sense of equanimity in the, yeah. the ups and downs and twists and turns of our lives. Absolutely. Yeah. That that's one thing that I've noticed that really changed. Usually back in the days, I really hold on to to thoughts. Uh, although it would seem as I was holding on to thoughts and states and emotions, so I was actually pushing them away. Therefore, they got stuck in my field right Mm -hmm. Uh, but nowadays yet passes so fast of course i'm i'm not happy uh, when i feel tired Uh, i my mind immediately goes like okay what happened today that what did you eat or what did you do like what went wrong that you feel this tiredness right now so something you mismanaged but it's it's more coming from a solution energy from a from an energy to to of solution and the absence of psychological um i would say punishment <laughs> back in the days i would really like take everything personally and like fall into like self guilt tripping and sh- shaming myself for things that i did right wrong exactly yeah the absence of that uh, the absence of like Still, the self-rejection narrative can still arise. I mean, it can happen. And sometimes I ate ice cream while I knew that that would make me feel foggy. I still did it. And then there was some, like, rejection. Like, there was some thoughts that was like, oh, you knew. Like, why didn't you have to do? But it was way softer. It was because the self-rejection thoughts were not pushed away by me. Yeah. I, I saw that. I was saw, I saw that. And I was like, yeah, in a way, I also see the wisdom of that. I mean, yeah. Otherwise, you can go after dopamine cravings every day. Then that won't work either to to create a great health for yourself. So, yeah, yeah. There is way less. Like, I I don't push away this self rejection narrative as in before. 
I would really like start a fight with it. And <laughs> it would like ruin my life. And a lot of my clients or people that I talk to in my group meetings, they struggle a lot with this self-rejection narrative. Mm. Um, we talk about it a lot because it's also very connected to the seeking energy. When we live in a state where we reject where we are, who we are, what we feel, what we think, what state we're in, when we're constantly in a subconscious or conscious state of rejecting that every moment is like unfulfilling every moment feels wrong off and we we feel like very disconnected from love and therefore we go out and seek like on youtube reading books like because it's highly uncomfortable to live in a state where you're actually constantly rejecting yourself and what is Mm. yeah that's pretty powerful yeah it's true though it's very true and when you do that, yeah, you're disconnected from love. It's so true. Yeah. And then addictions, uh, cravings for addictions arise. And that's also what the, the core of, of addiction is, the addiction to self-rejection in the first place. And in order to cope with that, our body-mind craves something to, to kind of distract from feeling the pain that comes with self-rejection because it's, it's highly uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to say the least. I feel like with this mindset comes a sense of uh, sovereignty. You know, being able to say, I'm the captain of the ship at this point. And um, in that is, it's whatever the opposite of rejection is, embracing, I guess. It's a self-embracing. It's embracing everything that um, that comes up in our in our situations uh, you know as a as a human being in all of our circumstances it's like embracing everything uh, all the ups and downs and yeah i don't know in that it, it doesn't mean how do i put this it's like in this in that surrender right it's not that it's not that like all is good kumbaya it's like how we respond to the imperfections of the human condition in our suffering, I guess. Yeah. And we do it without rejection. And that makes it so it's just easier to bear. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean like pain isn't going to arise, mental or physical pain. It's like it's still going to happen, but it's how we respond to it that's different. And that sovereignty is like a a sense of responding different to our environment in the, the goings on of our, you know, of our bodily vessel. And I feel like that is, it, it's like, it's a, it's a sense of freedom, uh, liberation, you know, it's a sense of like being able to decide not fully, like we're not fully sovereign as in like, I can't teleport to a different room or something or like have special powers, but in a way it does give you a sense of power, uh, to be able to be the decider, right? The great decider of how to respond to everything that comes up and to know that in all of our imperfections, there is a sense of perfection in that. Like the, the idea, we've all heard this, it's okay to not be okay, right? And then respond yeah. with that mindset to, to, to whatever happens in the future to ideally, I guess, create a better future, right? I guess that's what we're all trying to do here in this human condition 
It's like mm-hmm. uh, another way to say it is that we, even though we get this this sense of um, awakening, liberation, we get that like that sense of sovereignty. Um, there's still the karma that we have to reap, right? I guess that's another yogic way of saying it. There's still things that we have to do, but we respond to the karma a little bit differently, right? Would you say that's an apt description? For sure, for sure. Or this unconditional love. Um, when when you train your body mind to like respond from that place by exposing all the ways that 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 there is still rejection happening towards yourself or others or your environment, the situation you're in, by exposing those ways which already stem from childhood naturally or unconditional the nature of our unconditional love will come to the service so instead of what i usually talk about with my clients or like group meetings people will attend is that it's not like trying to learn more self-love of, of, or or learn or train ourselves to to think in unconditional ways or or coming from a more loving place no it's actually becoming aware of how we're not doing that when how how do the self-rejection narrative or patterns play out and really becoming super alert on that and transforming them and by transforming those programs naturally the flow of like unconditional love and and presence will come to the service like naturally it's not something we have to learn it's like the self-love is already there it's just some old programs that are very dense overrule it and that's our job to like figure that out what that is and expose that become aware of that and then becomes way more effortless Mm -hmm. i share a lot of my thoughts about this and and uh, people yeah really were able to transform uh, big things in their way they relate to food or certain addictions Uh, also the seeking energy and how they were like forcing themselves to become enlightened because they <laughs> who thought that that would free them from all suffering and yeah <laughs> yeah it's like we got to get out of our own way and I mean our way as in the, the the human way and realize what we what we really are and that like you said is unconditional love we got to get out of the way so we can pave the way to become unconditional love. And I know that sounds obviously corny and cliche to a certain extent, but it is true, right? Like you feel it, right? You know, like you, I'm pretty sure I've heard you say it before. Like what we actually are is unconditional love. And that doesn't, I know it doesn't make sense for me to say it. It doesn't quite do it justice, but you know, you can, you've probably felt it, right? Have you felt, you felt the love and you felt that like that is, that is the self in a way, right? Yes. Yeah, it's quite beautiful. Very much, yeah. In order to feel that and transmit that and share that with people and having people realize that that's, that's their, their core is so beautiful, so joyful to be in the presence of that. Yeah. More and more people waking up to that reality. Yeah, it's beautiful beyond beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, I I was drinking some tea and you know how like some of the the labels have sayings on them. One of them was, um, it was from Emily Dickinson and it said, beauty doesn't, it was something I'm kind of paraphrasing. It was like, beauty doesn't need to try, it just is. I was like, I like that. That's kind of like a non-dual saying, it just is. Yeah. 
Wow, I love that. Right? Yeah. Like when you see something or somebody or you read something beautiful or you hear something beautiful, it's just like you're not trying to make it something it's not. It just, it's just beautiful, (laughs) right? So I guess this realization is finding out that life, it just is. It just is beautiful. It's just shedding the layers of the onion, right? And kind of like finding out what the core uh, of it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's the gist. <laughs> Do you foresee, um, like you said, people are slowly and slowly waking up to this idea of unconditional love that we we are, we reside in. We always, we always are, we always will be, we always were. Right, we're coming to this this remembrance. Do you feel as though this is the path of humanity at this point? Do you feel as though we're moving into some kind of new state, newfound state of consciousness, where you know the the lowercase s self is going to dissolve into the uppercase s self of love? Uh, pretty much, what I'm asking is, do you see the rest of humanity getting on this wavelength anytime soon? Mm. Yes and no. I, I feel that we that's what we've been doing from day one. The consciousness is evolving from day one. So I wouldn't say it's like specifically happening now. I know that in new age uh, communities, people love to talk about that. No, it's like, no, it's this very special yeah. time and it's the happening great now. Yeah. The Great Awakening is like now, you know. Yeah. But I see that from day one, we were already evolving. And it has been happening organically, naturally, and that's also the way it's going right now. So I I don't really think about it much. I do what I need to do. I follow my joy here and now. Um, but I am very yeah. I'm not really interested in following this these waves that come and go. Um, but what I do know is that now. To access this information is way easier than 10 years before, 10 years or 20 years where people had to travel to India or some other country or Zen master and to spend years with them. And, you know, nowadays you can just like open up YouTube or open up another website and learn like day and night and still work and take care of your children. So it's way more accessible. So I assume that way, well, it's easier for people to wake up. There's also a lot of young people very interested in this. That's also what I've been seeing, noticing. Yeah, people in their beginning 20s mm-hmm. were like, yeah, I want to realize my true nature. And I'm like, wow, when I was your age, I didn't know shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like really impressed, you know? Yeah. I was like shopping and like you know, hanging out at McDonald's with my friends when I was 16. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is quite interesting. Hmm. I guess the technology just can be a means um, of catalyzation into just curiosity and what this is all about. Even though, you know, the words really aren't going to do it for anybody. What I'm trying to say is that um, ultimately we have to do, there's nothing you have to do, but this path that we talked about, this journey to self-realization, I guess, to realize that there is quite a futility, there is futility in that journey. (laughs) (laughs) um, 
the technology that we have might spark that journey, right? It might spark one into uh, a sense of curiosity because I think that's where it all starts. Like a sense of, first of all, just being curious about yourself. That's really where it starts. Like, what is all this? Who am I? What the heck's really going on? Yeah. Um, but I guess it can help to see that. I don't know. It can help to see other people on the wavelength as well. It can help to it can help others to show that they're not crazy. Uh, to yeah. to show that like there's, um, I don't know, like a like a sense of community, I guess on on the internet. I think that that's important for this whole path, like a, a sense of connecting with others on this path I feel like is important and that's what the technology has ultimately allowed us to do it can be another trap for sure I'm not saying it's all it's all good it could definitely be another trap um but ultimately I don't think it is I think it's very beneficial if someone can notice with a keen eye what's really happening it's like we're establishing these kind of online sanghas these online um mm -hmm ashrams and it's a, it's a cool thing you know one of the the three jewels of buddhism is the sangha right it's the buddha the dhamma and the sangha so i think literally we're establishing one of those the, the sangha online um so that's cool mm -hmm. i think that's very valuable you know i think that's very mm -hmm. valuable to have people to connect with on this path mm -hmm. yeah thanks to people like you you know because I, I think essentially you you have a community i guess i do too right and uh but it's all one community I, I really do believe it's all one sangha like even though we're, we're separate points you know we're separate nodes it seems ultimately i think we're all going to come ultimately this is maybe in the future we're all going to come to realize that through this technology humanity is really all one sangha like earth is the sangha <laughs> but that that might take a little bit of time <laughs> Uh, but ultimately, yeah. I think that's what our technology is, is doing. Ideally, if used in the correct way, it's, it's bringing us together to realize that we're all in this. We're all in this together. You know, we're all we're all part of the same Earth school together. So, yeah, shout out technology. Yeah. Shout out the Internet. It's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All this all these people taking the effort to comment and send messages and respond to the content I think you're putting out me too. So lovely to receive that love also. Yeah, love brings love. <laughs> so I want to ask you about this because I know you talk about it a little bit, um, uh, your psychedelic experiences. Um, I believe it's not needed. Just want to preface that. It's definitely not needed for anybody. But I do find that a lot of people get on the path per se or they they gain that sense of wonder and curiosity that i spoke about through psychedelic experiences um and it's mm -hmm. quite peculiar in that sense so yeah do you revere uh your experiences greatly for for you getting on this wavelength um yeah of course it's hard to say because i cannot rewrite history and then check if they will still happen you know <laughs> if I wouldn't take psychedelics, if I would have ended up differently, mm. I'm not sure. But what I think is that it 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 it's more the path of psychedelics. I can place it more in more of the healing, integration, personal development phase that I was in, where I was still like very much into like resolving some stories about myself and my past and some conditioning, shedding layers. 
as in when I got into non-duality, it was actually about transcending that. Whereas my interest in 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 these stories I had about myself and the things that I thought I had to heal and this whole this whole like dream story of me and my past and everything that happened. I kind of became less and less interested in those thoughts. I had to just deal with what was. So it was not that I was repressing my emotions or like denying that I was a human being who had uh, some like traumatic experiences or no. I was just treating everything as very momentary. I was like, oh, now sadness arising. So we're, we're going to feel that sadness right now. And I don't care what the mind says about it, that it's connected to this and this and this or my dad or my mom. No, this is just sadness. Let's just be with the sadness. So like very indist- not distracted. And the time when I was taking psychedelics, um, I was very much into those stories. Like, oh, yeah, so my mom and then I did that. I was like like very involved in in figuring out the story and like rearranging things so i would say it's like the face of psychedelics was for me like it was rearranging the furniture in my room hmm. to make it more comfortable for me to live in that room yeah. and non-theology and the, the teachings about self-realization that i got from from this advice teacher in, in holland was about escaping that room (laughs) or yeah transcending that room so then psychedelics became irrelevant i remember the last time that i did psychedelics i think was a few months after i had my kundalini awakening so i i was i was not yet in touch with non-duality or 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 no i wasn't and i remember to take him psilocybin travels and i had like the worst (laughs) trip (laughs) where i was actually constantly in fear and there was no bliss phase and i was like constantly waiting when it when will it hit me when will it hit me when will the music become beautiful no but it just didn't happen (laughs) and then i was like oh maybe maybe um because of this spiritual awakening maybe i cannot uh, do this anymore but i mean i don't know my mind was just like we're not going to do that anymore. And that was the last time I did it. But before that, I had beautiful journeys and a lot of great insights. And my ayahuasca uh, ceremony, I also highly appreciate what I... That was actually the first time I experienced that everything that's happening is perfect. I remember looking at a, at a leaf that fell off the tree and I knew that was just as perfect it is that this leaves, leaf is now falling down on the floor uh, or on a grass right now, so is everything else. Like there's only perfections, like there's only synchronicity. And I remember like it was not only mentally, I, I I experienced that the reality of that truth. And I took that with me. Um but has it helped me w- wake up psychedelics? I wouldn't say directly, no. Mm-hmm. But it did it did for sure expand my perceivement of what reality is and that's very malleable (laughs) yeah yeah i think the important part of what you just said is you saw the leaf you felt the perfection and you took that with you and i think that's the greatest gift that we can get from the psychedelic experience is the things that we take with us um yeah and even if we take with us a sense of uh i don't know how else to put this that there is no us i think that is that is still like taking something with us. I don't know if I said that in the right way, but I think you can understand what I'm saying. It's like, uh, 
it's it's the realizations that you get from them that we bring into the quote sober life that really matter um yeah yeah that, that's what they're yeah. used for it's kind of like lessons um yes. and i think yes. you probably had that unpleasant uncomfortable experience from psilocybin because you didn't need to there was no lesson to learn it was like the curriculum was over you know when you yeah, get the message, be. hang up the phone. So I think you already got the message, and they were, it was giving you the message that this isn't this isn't yeah. quite needed anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, that, that that that's for sure. You're very right with what you're saying because in that last trip, is I was not only feeling like um, stressed all the time. There was a very clear message that what are you seeking? What are you seeking? What? Why are you doing this? 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 trip now i was just at home on my own and i did it like in a ceremonial setting i never used psychedelics as a like party drug or something so it was it was in a like respectful setting and, and it felt like my intuition spoke so loudly like what are you doing like why why is what it is not good enough for you why why do you want why why what are you looking for what depth are you looking for? Why is what is not good enough for you? That was the message. And of, and of course, I experienced a lot of fear and everything. Um, and there was no uh, coming off in the bliss phase. <laughs> Maybe that was also the, the thing that attracted me. So when that stopped happening, I was like, oh, <laughs> I don't know if I want to do this anymore. That yeah, was message. So the, you don't need to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I think that was like four years ago or something. Yeah. Mm. Or three years ago. I'm not sure. Yeah. I think that's the purpose of these things. If there is a purpose to psychedelics, it's that they give us um, certain messages at the right time, in the right place, if done respectfully. And you take whatever you learned, good or bad, into this life, into the sober life. Ideally, that's that's how I see it, at least for me, personally speaking. Um, that's how it went for me as well. I haven't done it in a long time, but I revere the moments that I did it and the things that I got or didn't get from it. Um, but I believe that's the power of psychedelics. And I do think mm -hmm. they can catalyze. They catalyze me, at least. I'll speak personally. Um, they catalyze me into realizing this unconditional love that we spoke about before. It's somehow like I read it on the surface level before. I've heard people say it, but under the induction of large amounts of psilocybin, it was so apparent. Like there was mm -hmm. just like, this is it. Of course, it's an unconditional love. Like there's no way that I could deny it in those moments. And yeah. I could see how that could be like another um, trap or another crutch for people because it was so blissful in that moment, right? It was so just. I can't even describe it, just so awestruck by the realization that it really is all love. So one can use that, and I did actually use that as like, I want to get back to that love, get, you know, I want to, yeah. I want to feel that, I want to feel what I felt again. But truthfully, I think in the times after I tried to do it, I got the same message as you. It's like, what are you trying to look for? You yeah. don't need the mushrooms to feel the love. <laughs> it's yeah. right here and right now. But I do yeah. revere that one time where it's it's like it opened me up. It did something to my brain, something to my being, something to my energy, the chakras. I don't know. Something happened, man. And I'm not the only one. Other people can attest too that under the influence of um, psilocybin, DMT, 
anything related to DMT and psilocybin, for some reason, it opens us up, our brains up to um, this unconditional love, right? It's not just about getting high or having visions or trying to transcend the self, whatever you want to label it as. It's like, no, somehow, some way, these organic molecules are almost like a a miracle for our our brains and a realization to come to the realization that we are love in this moment right here right now the one that we're in and the one that the listener will be in in the future no matter what is some kind of encompassing love that always is always will be um and always was somehow some way that's the truth and under the induction of mushrooms, I knew that there was no truer truth. <laughs> there was no greater truth. It's just like so apparent. Um, and for that, I'll always revere the psychedelic experience. Yeah. 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 yeah those are powerful. very intense. Yeah, it's very powerful too. Like because before or psychedelic experience, we kind of experience relate to reality like intellectually. Yeah. And then during a trip, it's like it's more true than when you're sober, as it can feel like that. Mm-hmm. And then you're like meeting reality with less density or like opposition, and you're like, wow, blessed, open by this unconditional love that we are. You can't deny it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I think the next step coming off the inspiration that 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 these can that these psychedelics uh, enable uh, or us to access is how do we integrate that in our day-to-day life whereas we're not becoming bliss seekers or, or bliss chasers, but we start to honor every moment that's arising and seeing, not feeling love also as as something that arises in, in the unconditionality of us being love. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and come more to, a, to an experience of wholeness instead of waiting for that bliss moment where we feel a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, I think it shows us what's possible. Not only yeah. possible, it is, it, you know, it, it, it shows you what is and, and we in our misguidance make it impossible. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, I think that's what it is. It just shows one shows one the truth, man. I know that sounds corny. but It really does. <laughs> it's true. Um, yeah. I don't really have anything else to say about that. It's mm-hmm. funny because like I, I know I, and I revere that experience and I know it's true, but I don't know. It's like, would you, I wouldn't, I mean, is, is that the goal per se to be in that love, to be in love at all times like that? Um, I guess, but that might seem a little overwhelming to me at least. Yeah. Yeah. But, I don't think it's possible. <laughs> yeah. 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 And also not needed. I think it's there is a beauty to be found in shining through love in any state that the body mind can find itself in mm, and find and see love through that. It's mm-hmm. that state of non-resistance that allows all sorts of states. And surprisingly, what I've seen is that there can be a very beautiful flow that arises from living life like that. Where you're not waiting for a high or not, yeah, not trying to bring about a high or some sort of state where you're like 
allowing life to to rise as it as it wants to. There's a beauty in that. I can find I see that flow states arise way more when you're just not even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yep, that's the way. That's the way. <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel as though this flow state is uh, naturally inclined toward a sense of creativity in one's life? Because I feel, sure. as, yeah, yeah, I, f- I feel as though every human being in one way or the other is a creator. Or we're like, I like to say, we're like the paintbrush of God. Um, so would you yes. say like in a flow state, we all have a certain, we, we flow with a certain knack of creativity? Yes, yes, and an expression for yeah. sure. Because creativity is you often as associated with like painting or something like that. But expression could also be dance. Uh, that's also being creative, but then in a different way. I think yeah, it's like expressing some form of inspiration that flows through you, whether through dance or art, yeah, or something else. Yeah, I like that because. One can infer if they don't know any better, I guess, with a without a keen eye, one can see that one can interpret non-dual teachings as almost like a sense of inactivity or a sense of passiveness, right? On the surface mm-hmm. level, that's how it may seem, but it's actually, it seems like to me quite the opposite. Like you said, it comes a natural sense of effortless expression in this humanly mm-hmm. vessel. But yeah, it's effortless. It's just... It just flows, flows with the river of life. I think that's naturally we are expressive, you know, all in our own way, all in our own karma and circumstances, all seven, eight billion of us, we're all we're all expressing ourselves in a beautifully individualistic manner. Yeah, it is all one. It all comes from the same source in a way, but yet different at the same time. And that's the paradox I feel is of non duality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the many expressing the one, mm-hmm. mm. or the one being expressed in many. Yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. However you wanna you wanna say it, but yeah, I think I think we're both on the same page. What helps <sighs> to you? What what contributes to you experiencing flow in your life or creativity? How how? What are your forms of expression? Can you share something? Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, doing what I'm doing right now, <laughs> I feel as though this is uh, this. I reach a flow state in these conversations with people. I like I found mm-hmm. that this is extremely meditative, and uh, I just this is this is effortless. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. You just keeping it on here yeah. and speaking with people, I feel as there's this is just this is just me being me in a way. But on yeah. other than that, I guess just general meditation. I'm a yoga practitioner, you know, asana. Um, do a lot of reading. Uh, yeah, I don't know, just uh, a lot of meditation. I guess you could say meditation allows me to, you know, step out of the world. I guess you not step out, but like take a different vantage point of the the worldly drama that may arise in Gary's life. Meditation is a nice way to tap into that flow, like a, a way to like to realize what's real, you know, to realize what's real, <laughs> and to just like. Yeah, I don't know, to see on the other side of the waves, to come back into the ocean of stillness. So I would say, other than podcasts, just general meditation. I meditate 
once, twice a day. Um, I just, I don't, um, I don't know. I know you say you don't meditate, right? Or you just don't, you don't find it that, that important. I, I also don't find it important. I don't think I need to meditate. It's just something that I, I just called, it's just called for sometimes. Like I just do it. It's more intuitive. You know, it's not like eight o'clock, I got to go meditate. It's just like, all right, I'm going to just find some quiet space and just breathe yeah. for 10 minutes. And it just, it just happens. I don't know how else to explain it. I think that's the true it. essence. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the true essence of meditation. Once one can come to learn how to meditate, because it is kind of a skill, uh, once you can kind of get the your own technique down, it just becomes like brushing your teeth or tying your shoes before you go out of the house. Like it just becomes something that one does. And if I don't do it, if I don't do it one day or two days, that's okay too. It's just something oh, that that's, is- That's great. Yeah, when you're in yeah. that point, that, that's great because if you're- if you feel like, oh, I, I didn't uh, live into a certain standard I have for myself if I didn't meditate, then it becomes like something you impose on yourself. But of course, it can really contribute to your well-being. For me, it used to be or still is dancing in a way. I think that's highly meditative for me. It brings me in the flow state too. And um, yeah, but maybe I think... Um, we are we are all wired differently, and I just came across a teaching that said, "Oh, meditation is needed to wake up." And somehow I didn't at that time find the. the re- I was like really too restless to meditate. I found that everything would feel more worse when I would meditate. So I never learned to med- to meditate in in the way that it would like be helpful for me. So I think that's in my conditioning <laughs> something that happened. <laughs> that didn't make it, it 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 into a habit of mine. I do admire people who are, who have it as a habit. I also admire people who have yoga as a habit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't really matter how one goes about it. As long as one, I guess, can tap into the flow. Tap into that flow, however we go about it. But there is a way, I guess, to tap into that that's that flow the the way the Tao. one can say yeah some dance some do yoga some meditate some drive race cars maybe i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but we all i guess we all have you know some play an instrument i think music is definitely very important to be able to that because music is a flow and dancing literally is a flow like you're flowing with the current of of music of sound so yeah i think dancing is uh I don't dance personally. I mean, sometimes, you know, I rock back and forth, but I don't have any like specific times where I dedicate to <laughs> dancing. But I can see how that can be very powerful as well. Like just a, like done, a dedicated dancing practice. What are you saying? Have you done uh, ecstatic dance? No. <laughs> no. Do people do that in where you live in your area? Yeah, I've heard of people doing it. Um, I'm just, I don't know. I never really got into it, to be honest. I never really even thought to get into it. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe this is the day. Maybe I'll start to think about it. I'll become a dancer. Today. <laughs> but I do, yeah. I, I can see the power in it because I even feel as though asana yoga is like a slow dance in a way. Yeah. I and mean, there's no music that one is tuned into, but there is a certain flow in a, in a good yoga practice. There is a certain flow that one can reach in a vinyasa sure. class. So it's the same yeah. essence. It's, you know, it's a certain flowing with the moment. Um, but yeah, maybe I'll get into dancing. Who knows? What kind of music do you dance to? So different. I usually get my new music from Weekly Discovery from Spotify, hence to me. Okay. But 
I danced to classical. I also danced like ecstatic dance music, so more conscious vibe. But I'm not even sure what kind of genre that is. Genre? <laughs> yeah. But it's um, ethical, ethical, ethnic, ethnical, ethnical oh, music. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I forgot how to say this in, in 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 Dutch. We say world music, but I'm not sure how we say that in English. World, world music, music. Yeah, world. Music, world music. Yeah, it's more mm -hmm. more native. Yeah, native. I know what you mean. Mm -hmm. And then usually I love the remixes that like modern DJs make with native music. Oh, okay. So they put yeah, like yeah, an yeah. speed to like native music. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. That's cool. They do that, and they. And also sometimes it's also like spiritual music, but then they make it danceable with like mantras sometimes even mixed into it. And like sometimes I even had Osho say things <laughs> in the in the song, hearing his 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 voice in the background. I was like, oh, that's a cool mix. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I like that. Yeah. You have to send me some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, hey, however anybody wants to do it, whatever gets you into the moment, I guess, to really put it simply, whatever gets one out of like, I got to be here, I got to do this, I got to be somebody, yeah. whatever just puts you into this here and now, this moment, right now, the everlasting moment of love, whatever gets you into that, I guess, do that, as long as it's not hurting anybody else. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. Um, yeah. That's the beauty of life is that we all have our own way to do it. And we're all unique. We're all the same yet different at the same time. Like we're all the same at our core. We're all the same capital S self. But like we said before, it's the self expressing the self with the lowercase s in a way. And it's this in a way that it almost is like a dance, even though there's no two. There is no two. I know it sounds hypocritical in my words, but in a way it almost is like that. It's this paradox. Yeah. But that's the beauty. There's beauty in our differences. I think that's what one can overgloss with non-dual teachings or at least come to misunderstand is that we are all the same, yes, but we're all different as well. We're the same thing expressing itself differently. And that's that's beauty. I, I find beauty in that. I wouldn't want to be all the same. Like that's beauty and diversity. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Usually also when you meet people, you can learn a lot from people who are like very, who think very different. Usually I'm really curious about people who think very different than I do. Somehow I feel like a challenge in just like here, it's a, it's, it can be uh, not challenging in a negative way, but in a positive way that's like, a, feels like encourages, encouraging me, encourages me to think and constantly talk to people who think the same way I think. Mm. or yeah yeah mm -hmm. i i find it i find an enjoyment in that because i'm not really judgmental nowadays so people can just say or what they think it can be like completely different than what i think and i can really still enjoy talking to them like something that i discovered yeah <laughs> yeah i agree i know what you mean because you have that awareness that behind the scenes behind behind the scenes of 
whatever, however we try to portray ourselves to each other, we are all the same. But it's like, you know that it's like a game in a way. Um, so it's almost like, you know, the secret, <laughs> like, you know, the secret that it's really just, you know, the other person is really just you trying to portray themselves as not you. It's uh, uh, like Ron yeah. says, like, we're all we're all God and drag. Treat the other person like God and drag. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, it is. It is fun. I don't know if fun is the right word, but it is. Um, yeah, it just makes interactions more enjoyable. It can at least. Not all of them. Some of them still may be miserable, but still, <laughs> but still, it's, I think I de- yeah, yeah, there is something about it. <sighs> Ultimately, I guess we can try to wrap this thing up, sum it up. Um, this whole conversation, this whole mindset, um, it just what it's all about, right? What I get from it, at least, it makes life more enjoyable, and I think that's what this is about, right? We're supposed to enjoy this thing ideally um in one way or the other we're supposed to enjoy it i know there's still going to be suffering there's still going to be pain but i guess it's like how we decide to view this life maybe that's how we enjoy it how we decide to view ourselves what we actually are i think once you can come to find what you actually are or what you're actually not i think in that somehow one can reach the flow state and in that flow state there's a sense of true joy, true enjoyment, true just peace. I don't know. And it's even like peace outside of peace. It's like peace even in unpeaceful situations. It's quite hard to explain, obviously. it's It goes beyond words, and I know there might be some hypocrisy in my words, but I think ultimately summing the whole thing up is it really just makes life worth living. Right? Would you agree? For sure. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, you have anything else you want to say? Any last words for the pod, or you want to keep it at that? Mm, I think it's beautiful what you mentioned. I think it's a beautiful closure of this conversation. What I want to mention is that anyone who's interested in connecting with me will find the links down below. I can send you my contact details of the group meetings. I really enjoy fact that we come together with a group and discuss these topics and um, inspire each other I really feel very very like there is really a community blossoming right now um, so anyone who feels inspired to join is, is welcome um, yeah I, uh, I hope it was helpful insightful and uh, maybe I'll we we'll talk another time for sure. For sure. Another topic. Yeah, it's wonderful. Thank you for your time, effort, and wisdom. I think this was great. Thank, Thank you, you Gary. That listened this long. Yes, of course. Of course. Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to say. I wish you all the best. Peace and love. Peace and love. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me.